2: You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Schwert and Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. I would like to announce to the world that I made my first purchase of a stock. No, sorry, not a stock. I don't know. It's crazy. Is cryptocurrency a stock? Because I bought I bought some cryptocurrency today. What? Which one? Which kind? Uh, dog.
0: Doge. Doge. Dogecoin.
2: Yeah, I don't even know Why? how to pronounce it. Why? I don't know. It seemed like to it was the the right time. I have like some friends who are like. Way is it too Doge really? It. it really is Doge. Yes. I've never heard the the that word. Oh, that's spoke. like a that goes back to
0: like a meme.
2: So that shows how much research I put into this purchase yes I'm not saying I made like a massive investment but
0: I mean that stuff's really cheap isn't it
2: yeah I mean it was I bought it at 11 cents now the interesting thing is that it was at five or six cents for a long time and I thought it was I heard about it but get that point again I'd never I didn't even know how to buy a stock like who do I talk to? Right, I thought it was like, you know, trying to buy weed. Like, do I have to talk to a dealer? Do I are you going to introduce me to someone? But then I found out, I did some research. I got it at 11 cents. So, I but I bought a bunch of it at 11 cents. You know, I didn't just uh-huh. give I didn't just pay 11 cents. But now I'm now what do I do, you know? Can somebody explain it to me? <laughs> do I just sit here and wait? Have you ever bought crypto before? Like that's what we that's what we call it. Uh-huh. What's well, so what we that's we, crypto you're, you're the people who that. buy crypto, okay. we call it crypto instead of cryptocurrency to save time. Uh-huh. Yeah, if I say cryptocurrency every time, it, that's gonna dominate the the entire conversation. But no crypto. I have
0: never never partaken. Digi- that. It's digital I, currency. Yeah. I Untraceable. Uh huh. I still don't totally understand how it works. Guessing you don't either, but I do understand that it makes I need, a lot of people lump. Money, I don't so. need to
2: understand how it works because I'm, I'm an I'm an owner. You, yeah, I own it. Mm-hmm. It's not my obligation to understand how it works. It needs to understand how I work. I'm in charge now.
0: I have a friend who's like big into this one. It's called like Stellar Lumens or something like that. Mm. And that's the thing. And and I can already tell you're going to become this person. Who Stellar I, Lumens. Let me look this yeah, up. Okay. Any person who gets really into cryptocurrency, you know, if it's making you money. Do whatever you want but like everybody who gets into cryptocurrency gets really into cryptocurrency and they don't mm-hmm. just get really into cryptocurrency they want to tell you why they're into cryptocurrency and that you should be into cryptocurrency too it's like a person who's on like a really uh obscure diet like yeah i'm on this diet you should try it too i'm only eating chicken wings or whatever and it's just mm-hmm. like i don't care do whatever you want you know um so, yeah, you're going to become that guy in a week. You're going to come in here and you're going to tell me why. I all right, so Stellar
2: is at 60 cents. Okay. That's way more expensive than than Doge, which I got, again, at 11 cents. I mean, like that's the thing. If you want to get in on Bitcoin, it costs like $67,000 just to get one coin. And you can say, well, I could invest the same amount of money and return on investment. And you can use all those terms to try and sound smart, but that's not the point. I own a lot of Doge coin now most like a lot mm. so i don't want to buy one bitcoin or half a bitcoin or percentage of a bitcoin i want at least one do you have one doge coin i have hundreds of doge coins okay. hundreds cuz again they were 11 cents so you know it's easy to to snatch them up so i guess i'm just going to be do, i'm going to be that guy cuz i'm going to be checking prices and uh let me let me just get, i'll give you a live update right now
0: I'm going to laugh so hard if you're down already.
2: Oh, I am. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. I'm down 19%. <laughs> it's taking a bit of a dip. What? I love the live uh, updates, too. They update it like every five seconds. Up, nope, just lost another 10 cents. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Oh, just gotten, just gained 30 cents. Wow. So Wow. I'm gonna live and die by these by these updates. But it's the long game, man. You have to play the long game.
0: That's the that's it, the that's how you play the crypto game. Everybody's been saying, you know, Dogecoin, that has
2: uh sustaining ability right there. Elon Musk is in on it. Yeah, it's been around since 2013. Man, I should have got it then. Wow. You but that's the thing, dude. It's only eleven cents. If, what, it, gets share to, to if it gets up to if it gets up to twenty cents, dude, I'm rich. Are you? No, but I made it's a good investment at that point.
0: I don't know. That's a lot of time. I mean, and at, that, at
2: this point, it's not looking good for me. Like, doesn't it? Won't it go down at the end of the day? Or, like, can it jump up overnight? How does that work?
0: Yes. What do you mean?
2: I felt like the stock market closed or something.
0: Oh. I I have no idea on that.
2: Okay.
0: All right. Because Wall Street does close at some point. So does yeah, but is this Wall is Street?
2: Better? Is it crypto? Probably not. Yeah, crypto, with crypto plays- you're probably talking about. Let's think about crypto, man. Crypto plays by its own rules. Okay. You know? It's not gonna be bound by the laws of the New York Stock Exchange. So am I down a little bit today? Yeah, but what does tomorrow have in store? And I think I think crypto a lot of times the way that crypto works, man, is a lot of times it's moving in silence. Like it's moving in the dark. When everybody's sleeping, that's when the uh you know, the crypto guys, that's when they're really it's their elves. Yeah, they're, when they're elves. Yeah, that's when they're making yeah, making moves. So I'm just playing the rope-a-dope. I, honestly, man, it's dipping. I may just I may just scoop up a few more. Wow. Just to show my commitment. Got to hold strong. I told you, you were going to become this person. I'm not telling anybody else to do it. I'm not advocating for anybody else to get in on it. It's just what I do. I'm a crypto guy. I follow the trends. The trend said, buy Doge. So I said, here you go. Here's my cash. Did you see this interview that uh, Bryce Thompson did? with the Tulsa World. It's a little telling. I don't know. You have to draw your own conclusions based off what you want to read from this. But he did an interview talking about the reasons why he left Kansas. And if you want to go read the whole thing, you can do it at TulsaWorld.com. And I would suggest doing it if, if you're interested in finding out why Bryce Thompson left. Because I think when that news happened yesterday, it was pretty surprising. He was a guy that a lot of people thought because of the relationship his dad had with, with Bill Self that would be here until he decided to go to the NBA. Which, I mean, at this point, I don't know if the NBA is in Bryce Thompson's cards. He was an elite recruit. That's the only reason we really look at it. But, I mean, there wasn't anything that he did this year that would scream NBA player. He did an interview with the Tulsa World last night and said, quote, I just believed it was time for a change. I enjoyed my time at KU. The coaches, fans, teammates, everything was good. I just felt it was time for a new home. Before I committed to Kansas, I think I had a good understanding of what to look for. I don't think any of us could have expected this to happen. It's probably going to be a lot of the similar factors, but just make sure our decision is more calculated. He talked about the injuries, saying, quote, it was tough, but I was able to stick through it and just keep going. It was the first time that basketball was kind of stressful. I've gone through stuff, but it's always been just playing. It's never been super tight or stuff like that. What do you think that means? Uh, I think you it's felt time for an, It's time for another edition of Reckless Speculation. <laughs> Let's recklessly speculate about what these quotes mean in context of Bryce Thompson electing to enter the transfer portal.
0: Yeah, I think certainly the pressure gets to you when you're at Kansas. I think that's part of it. Um and I think you can kinda of see some of that in maybe some of the schools he's looking at. It's mentioned like on the, the headline or the tweet or whatever of this article, he's considering Tulsa and or- Oral Roberts, you know, and Matt Tate earlier this week said uh he had heard Tulsa was, I guess, kind of the favorite. Those are smaller schools. Those are places where you're going to go, and there's not really going to be pressure, you know?
2: He said his phone has been ringing off the hook. You know, I'm not going to judge a kid for wanting to leave, but, like, you were a top 25 recruit, and one year at Kansas was enough for you to say, uh, it's too stressful. I mean, there are players less talented than Bryce Thompson who went through more. Like you can say you got injured, you played 17 minutes a game as a freshman, and you didn't do a ton with those minutes. I'm again, it's not judging him. That's a fact. Bryce Thompson was not very productive. His jumper wasn't great. He turned the ball over a lot. It was a rough year for him. And they ask him, the article starts by talking about the first game. Bryce Thompson started that game against Gonzaga and it had 12, minutes, 12 points in 28 minutes. It was probably the best game of the season for him. And he said about that game, quote, I was just playing basketball. That was it. I wasn't thinking. I was just playing. And we hear Bill Self talk about that with young guys all the time, right? He's thinking too much. He, we just need him to get out there and play. I think that came up with, with Quentin Grimes, too, too, back in 2019. He's thinking too much. He just needs to get out there and play. Now, a, a lot of parallels have been drawn between Grimes and Thompson. You know what's funny to that uh, about, um,
0: uh, like, Grimes still started, you know, and Grimes was still playing 25, 30 minutes a game. Like, Grimes obviously didn't have a great season, but you look at, like, all the stats, and he blew Bryce out of the water.
2: He started every single game that year.
0: Yet with Grimes, like when he left, it feels like there was from, I don't know, maybe not overwhelming, but certainly a large chunk of the KU fan base, there was a little bit of disdain there. And with Bryce leaving, you know, I'm sure there's still like a a chunk that have a little disdain there, but it's, it's not nearly as much. Because Quentin Grimes was a top 10 recruit. I
2: mean, Thompson's not that far off though. Yeah, but Grimes was thought of as being a legit one and done prospect. Thompson wasn't. Grimes was better, and I think you could have more easily predicted that Grimes was going to be better the next year if he came back. Like, I'm looking at Grimes' stats from his freshman year. He played 27 minutes a game. He scored eight points. He shot 34% from three. Like, across the board, he was better than Bryce Thompson. It's not even close. It's not even close. In fact, maybe aside from defense, I don't, I don't know. It's the one thing that Bryce Thompson was maybe a little bit better at. So, that's why, because you thought Quentin Grimes would help you the next year. Bryce Thompson leaving doesn't affect the ceiling for KU, right? Is there whatever you thought KU was going to do next year? It, does that opinion change now that Bryce Thompson isn't in the mix?
0: I mean, a little bit for me, just because it's like. Now it's wait and see to who else you can get. Because I, I think they need another guard now. I think they needed another guard. Probably. But I I mean, Bryce Thompson was the guy we were talking about as being the most likely candidate to take that next step forward. Mm-hmm.
2: But I think this. Um, Yesifu coming in changed a lot. I, I, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe this decision was made months ago. Um, it certainly sounds like it by those quotes, right? Saying it was a stressful year. So... This, at least based off his own comments, is something that's maybe been festering for a little while. But I think you get a guy like Yesifu who comes in and you, that may have been the nail in the coffin. I don't know. Because you look at that and say, he's going to play 25 plus minutes a game. If I'm Christian Brown, or specifically Bryce, because Bryce handles the ball a little bit more than than Christian, you would look at it and say, well, I'm not going to play the point. Because I'm not a point. And even if these guys want to play the point, Bill Self's not going to put you there. Like, there's no chance Bryce Thompson is going to be the starting point guard next year. I think Bill Self is dead set. Uh, uh, going through a year without a true point guard, dead set on going out and getting that guy. And Yesifu's not that guy because he's a scorer. You still need a true point guard. And maybe DeJuan will end up being that guy. But you're not going to play Bryce next to Yesifu. And I think Yesifu's going to start. You probably look at that and say... There you go. It's weird, man. Like, it's weird it's not. I mean, these these are young kids and they're malleable and it was a weird season. And especially for Bryce who got injured a couple times. But I just, uh, that's not really the way that you expect guys to say, oh, it was stressful. Well, it's supposed to be, you know?
0: You might think that now that Bryce is leaving, that's five transfers for KU. Like, holy cow, this is a mass exodus. I don't know if you saw this this morning. Jeff Goodman um, like, tweeted out. He's like, all right, who can guess who has the most transfers of any school leaving their program? Give you a little RCST trivia. Do you know the answer? I, know, I
2: mean, I know KU's got five. Um, Texas Tech.
0: I think they were second. Florida.
2: Georgia. Syracuse.
0: It's only like 350 more schools. You can do it.
1: Pitt.
2: K State. USC. UTEP. Albany. I give up.
0: (laughs) Uh, DePaul in Minnesota. And they both have nine kids leaving. Charlie Moore
2: on the market. Yeah, he's one of them. Nine. Let's get the band back together. They're going to have a whole new team. Yeah, you know, but those schools aren't going to have as easy of a time going out and using the transfer portal to their advantage like a school like Kansas. Like, I don't feel bad for the Kansas of the world because they're going to lose five guys, they're going to get five guys. They might get better guys. Right. You're going to end up better in the long run, whereas other schools are going to go, wait a minute, can we feel the team? I don't know. The numbers always seem to work out. Is there any chance that DePaul is going to go into the next year? I'm like, dude, we don't have enough guys. Eventually, it'll just filter that. You would think. you know, No, because
0: like the low mid-majors will go to the mid-mid-majors. And then the mid-majors will go to the high, ma- high mid-majors. And then the high mid-majors will go to the mm. power conferences, to the lower ones. The lower ones will go to the higher ones, like the Blue Bloods. And then because of that. The higher blue bloods aren't going to be able to recruit the one and duns anymore, so the one and duns are going to start going to like high point and stuff. That's how it'll work. It'll be all cyclical.
2: I like that actually. We need we need a bit of a shift. We need a bit of a shake up because I'm I'm tired of seeing the traditional powers do everything. Right, seeing a team like Baylor go and win the title, like it's like Baylor Gonzaga every single year. Let's let somebody else get in the mix. We'll talk to Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star. Get his thoughts on what's been a weird off season. and of course. We got some RCST trivia to get to, including, I mean, the biggest name in RCST trivia history, the defending champ, Isaac Henderson. That's a mo- that's a matchup that everybody's been waiting for. Can he run it back? We're going to find out at least to see if he can make it to the second round. What an upset that would be. A one seed, the defending champ going down in the first round. Can it happen? Let's find out in a bit. We got RCST trivia coming up. He's Derek Johnson. I'm Nick Schwartz. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk.
0: You already know that if you need a car wash, you need to go to Tommy's Express Car Wash. They've got all the tools and expertise to keep your car clean, both inside and on the outside. You want it clean inside because if anybody gets in your car, they're not going to want it look like a pigsty. Plus, you're going to want to clean of all those germs. You want to clean on the outside because if you're going to be pulling up in somebody's neighborhood, maybe going to see a friend, they're going to see the outside of your car and go, wow. This guy, he knows what he's doing with his car washes. That's because Tommy's Express Car Wash is going to take care of you. Their wash packages let you pay for the services you want, including Tommy Guard, And body wax, that's right, have it looking real spiffy. Wheel cleaning and tire gloss, underbody flush, and spot-free rinse and vacuums as well. If you're like me, you have a dog, I have a golden retriever, she sheds so much. So I need the vacuums at Tommy's Express Car Wash, and boy do they have them. They do them right. That's wash, rinse, repeat with Tommy's Express Car Wash. And don't forget to download the Tommy Club app
2: today and enjoy endless washing for one low price. That's at Tommy's Express Car Wash. National signing day today, so KU gets some new additions joining the 2022 team, but uh, not a lot of familiar faces, at least as of today, still on the roster. Let's talk about this weird offseason with Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star. He joins us now on the show. Jesse, there are four players who are left from last year's team currently on the roster. David McCormick, Christian Brown, DeWan Harris— and Mitch Lightfoot. Now that number may change over the coming weeks and months, but as it currently stands do you you view this as an outlier or is this going to become the norm for college basketball teams and for Kansas specifically with this new age of freedom of movement here in college hoops?
3: It's it's a tough question to answer. Yeah. I think it's kind of a lot of factors coming into play all at once. Nick. You know, it's, It's just one of the things with Kansas, I think, that a lot of things happened all in a row to make this possible, and yeah, it's been a crazy few weeks when it's come to roster turnover, and I don't think that's necessarily bad for Kansas, to be honest with you. I mean, you don't want a team that's completely brand new, starting over from season to season, we saw last year. A lot of those teams that did not have continuity in a COVID season actually didn't perform very well, but if next year is like a normal year and you get normal practice time and you know, get to be out and about a little bit more. I don't know that this hurts Kansas that much, and they've actually probably improved their roster if they get Otay Abaji and Jalen Wilson back. They probably improved their roster from last year compared to what they had going into the offseason. But you know, some of those things, obviously, one big thing is the, you know we know the immediate transfer rule is a big deal, and that players have more freedom to go and go, go find opportunities that are better for them, which has probably been a long time coming in college hoops and college sports in particular, but there's also this part of it that KU just had one of its lousiest seasons under Bill Self. And you heard Bill Self on his press conference after the USC game. He said it's time to go recruit. Um, he wanted a roster shakeup in part. And so that meant some of those guys who maybe didn't play as much, it was going to be very difficult for them to stay at Kansas just because Bill Self is going to be out there searching for new guys and, and fresh talent and all those sorts of things. So I think it's kind of being, um, it, it's coming from both sides here for Kansas. It's It's not only some of those guys that didn't contribute much last year are are being sort of told that it it might be best for them to move on, but it's also guys that played well last year or that were part of the rotation like a Bryce Thompson, seeing an opportunity to go elsewhere and contribute right away and get a new start. So, um, yeah, kind of a weird set of circumstances for Kansas in particular, but obviously there's going to be more transfers if people are are eligible immediately. And we're seeing that this offseason, Just Kansas has been hit a little bit harder because of some of those circumstances I just mentioned.
2: So as of now, to do some more uh, roster tabulations, there are five guys, five newcomers expected to be on next year's team, and KU still has some open scholarships available, so that number figures to grow. Do you think there's going to be any concerns over just roster meshing with all of the new faces that are going to be trying to fit in next year?
3: Yeah, I think there's always concern with that. And there has been more studies, you know, like the con- Ken Pomeroy's of The World have done that minutes continuity from one season to the next, it does play a factor when it comes to wins and losses. You know, you, you want a team that is more familiar with the offense you do. And when seen with built up, I mean, he tends to be one of those coaches that uh, a lot of set plays, a lot of, Hey, this is the way I do things. And sometimes it takes guys a couple of years to, to get complete in the flow. Or even, you know, guys like Kelly Oubre who were one and done, you know, you remember he sort of struggled to begin with the first few months and then turned it on in later months. It, it sometimes takes a little bit of time. So, there is concern with that, I, I think, for Kansas when it comes to roster continuity. But having said that, I mean, if you get the right guys back, I mean, think about the guys that they could have coming back next season, and those are guys that were mainstays in the rotation. You know, we don't know about Jalen Wilson and Ochai Abaji yet, so those are two big question marks. Both we'll declared pro, you know, could come back, might not, but obviously two big rotation players there. Christian Brown and Dewan Harris and David McCormick, I mean <laughs> – if you bring back all five of those guys, your continuity is still pretty good. I mean, that's most of the guys that you played. That's most of the guys that you started. So um, Kansas still could maybe have a little bit of a, a mismatch here or um, a, a matching of, hey, you have a lot of guys coming back that, that bring back that continuity. But when it comes to mostly the bench roles and trying to upgrade the talent and or athleticism there, you're bringing in more players that uh, you know are, are Are able to contribute right away, but don't have to do so in in the role where they play 30 or 35 minutes, that sort of thing. But I would probably say the one exception to that would be Joseph Yassifu, but again, he played at Drake last year. He was one of their main contributors on the stretch, so maybe you would expect more out of a guy like that than you would from some of these incoming freshmen, but it it is a concern, I think. It it is always a concern if you're bringing a new roster and and you have things for them to learn and those guys have high expectations. Sometimes they don't beat them because of that learning curve, but like I said, if KU returns most of its starting lineup and most of its rotation players from last year and then brings in some fresh faces, then that seems to be a match that probably could still work.
2: Yeah, so I don't mean to beat a dead horse here, but with going back to what you said, Bill Self's comments after the USC game, there was clearly a concerted effort to go out and shake up the roster a bit. Yet, as you mentioned, like Bill Self's not oblivious to the idea that you're going to be bringing in a lot of new faces. Do you think that that's maybe just a a sort of risk that he assessed, like I'm willing to take this, that the risk of these guys fitting together and the pieces meshing outweighs trying to just sort of uh, make these small Band-Aid adjustments to the roster, which probably wouldn't change all that much in the end.
3: Yeah, I, it, I don't know. I don't know the exact thing here. I'm going to butcher it. I, I should know this at 37 years old, but it's sort of like, the devil you know versus the devil you don't <laughs> sort of thing. Um, I, I think Bill Self probably knew going into the off season or after coaching that team last year some of the limitations that roster had and, and probably didn't see those getting filled with the guys he had coming in. So he figured, yeah, shake things up. Um, get some new guys. Get some new faces. And obviously, yes, if he was a guy who had some athleticism, had some ability to score, Uh, KU so much of last year and we've talked about this a lot on the show Nick is just the point guard position they didn't have a guy who could create for himself you know Bill Self how many times in the last few years you've been on the press conferences has he talked about not only his team defending in the last five seconds of a shot clock but scoring in the last five seconds of a shot clock and I I think back to like the Oklahoma State game on the road where KU really could have closed things down if if they just had somebody late shot clock who could you know create and score and, and get to the rim himself and um, that's something that marcus garrett tried and, and was successful at times that but but not nearly as good as, as what bill self had in the past and even that play he got hurt a little bit because he had a help defender come on him so not all his fault there but but K, you just lack that score they lack that guy who could take pressure off of guys like otay abaji christian brown and jalen wilson um and, and help out spot up shooters and so yeah to, to shake up the roster in that way i think part of that is just built sort of looking across the landscape and knowing what he had and knowing the offensive limitations that he had and then saying I'd rather try some new guys, <laughs> you know I'd rather go out there and see what else is out there and, and that's especially available when these guys are all all can play for you the very next season uh, you know, yes, who can come in and he can start from game one uh, or even a, a, a guy like Cam Martin, who you wouldn't expect Kansas to take in previous years, you know hey, he can come right on and, and come on board and, and be a part of this thing right away, so We'll see how it turns out for Kansas, but I, I do think to shake things up, you're right with that. I think Bill Self wanted to get some fresh faces, get some new guys in here, get some uh, new talent and see where that took him. I think what he saw from last year was there were some, just some limitations that, that KU could not overcome for whatever reason. And they needed to get just a little bit of an infusion in here to, to try to get those things rectified and try to get back to the sort of uh, level that, that KU was had here in past seasons.
2: Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star with us here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Uh, were you surprised at all to hear the news that Bryce Thompson entering the transfer portal?
3: A little bit. I mean, he's probably the one that's the most surprising so far. But at the same time, I, I kind of had a little Twitter stream of consciousness about this yesterday. It, it makes some sense. Uh, there was a good article in the Total World where I uh, talked to them about, you know, his circumstances. Obviously, he was hurt some. But he just said he, he wasn't really having as much fun playing basketball and um, wants to try something different to get somewhere else. And, you know, it's hard even then to hear those comments. I'm glad that Bryce is open about it, but it's even difficult then to kind of know exactly what that goes back to because Bill Self talked about it so much this year that this was a difficult year for anybody to play basketball. I mean, everybody was just isolated. You really didn't have the fan support. I don't know, Fieldhouse wasn't itself. You know, Bill Self was always worried about maybe getting on guys too hard because you don't get a, out of that really bubble of your teammates and you don't get to go see your friends. You don't get to have any sort of release outside of basketball. And and so it seems like, um, you know, add that to the injuries for Bryce Thompson. And that first year obviously didn't go as he anticipated and wants to try something different. So uh, he's the most surprising. But like I said in that Twitter thread, I mean, this is sort of a nuanced thing for Kansas because he didn't perform like a McDonald's All-American. I mean, it's pretty obvious. You know, he was a guy who relied on mid-range jumpers, hit them early in the year, and then didn't hit them late. He really never got to the free throw line. He didn't play point guard for Kansas, so he wasn't a primary ball handler in that position where Kansas really needed somebody. And he was, I mean, frankly, he was terrible from three-point range. Now, I, I hesitate too much to, to rip him because this is a kid that came back from a broken finger very early. And man, if I was going to pick up a, a, an injury to say, hey, this is where it would affect your shooting, I would say broken finger. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, that very much could have impacted him down the stretch in his three-point shooting. but. Uh, a little bit like Quentin Grimes, you know, not an efficient player his freshman year coming in as a five-star player. And um, the next coach who has him is going to be very excited about him. because He seems like a great kid, high basketball IQ, you know, great personality, charismatic, all those sorts of things. and easy guy to cheer for. I think that's why a lot of KU fans were sort of bummed when they saw this transfer news. But, uh, yeah, I mean, not totally surprising because when that option's there, when you can transfer freely, and he's going to get hundreds of phone calls from coaches, I'm sure, wanting him to come to their school, then, yeah, there are options out there for you to, to sort of try something new and see if that's a better fit than what Kansas was. So um, maybe more surprised with his than any other, but uh, for Kansas, I don't know what affects him that much because, again, even if he improved a lot on the offensive end, uh, he still would have only gotten to be about average. So with the guys that he's brought in and the guys that Bill Self has, again, assuming that Otay Abaji comes back and Daniel Lips comes back, I still think they have plenty of depth in the backcourt to be able to make up for that for the
2: Yeah. And when you start looking at some of the names that we've brought up, um, if if it's Ty Ty Washington, the prep point guard who I know is going to announce his top five this weekend or Christian Bishop, who KU has been heavily linked to from Creighton. I mean, I know you've toyed around with the uh, the Bart Torvik roster (laughs) projection tool, but I'd have to imagine that puts KU at least in the conversation for preseason number one next year.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, outside of Gonzaga, Gonzaga, I think is going to be number one, but regardless of what happens with, uh, you know, what they what they've got coming back. But you know, even after the Bryce Thompson um, departure, KU's still sitting at three in part Torvik's preseason rankings. I and mean, I don't want to make too much of one guy's rankings. I mean, they've been pretty good over time, and, and somewhat similar to Ken Pomeroy's. I mean, a little bit, uh, probably a little bit worse. But I mean, I think he wanted to to change things up a little bit to give his own side a different look, but um, that's, that's what's so weird about when all this roster is in flux like this because I, I think the social media reaction I saw from a lot of KU fans yesterday was when Bryce Thompson left. well, what are they going to do about the roster? Who are they going to add? What are they going to do? And it, it's, it's sort of like looking at something like that sort of allows people, I think, to take a deep breath and go, well, wait a minute. I mean, think about what he has done this offseason, okay? I mean, you bring in the three freshmen who already have put Kansas in the top 10 class You know, recruiting-wise, you talk about K.J. Adams, Zach Clements, and then Sidney Curry. Um, So that's already the start of things. And then you add Bobby Pettiford to that, you know, a top 150 guard who should be able to contribute at some point, uh, you would think, during his freshman season. You add in a Cam Martin, who has been an All-American at the D2 level and should at least be a bench piece. And then you add in, as I talked about, Yeses, who I think is the biggest addition because The point guard position for Kansas was sort of a disaster last year. You know what I mean? If you bring in a player who you think can fill that role and do it in an efficient offensive manner, that's going to solve a lot of problems for Kansas last year. So you look at all those things in combination and pretty much, I think that the bigger question for Kansas is who are you getting back rather than who are you going to go at? Now Bishop would change the lineup, obviously, and it would give Bill Self that athleticism that he desperately wanted after the USC game because that's what Bishop does. He can go in there, he can fly around, he, can fly around, he can get off in three rounds, he can dunk it, he can block shots. Um, that would be a nice addition for Kansas. And that would be something different than what Cam Martin is going to give them, which is basically uh, you know, the Rogers kid from, uh, uh, from uh, the kid from uh, USF? the kid you played in the first round. I'm sorry?
2: Oh, sorry. You were talking about uh, Eastern Washington.
3: Yes. yeah, yeah. I mean, um, why am I forgetting his name so quickly? Uh, but anyway, it's basically giving you the, the version of him where he could go out and stretch the defense, shoot threes, and and be able to help in that sort of way. Um, and maybe just do even a little touch more athletic than that. So give you sort of a, a stretch five or even a four. They could play next to David McCormick, who's able to stretch the four if you really need it that way. But um, I think for Kansas, you know, right now, um, it, it's a matter of who do you lose? Like I said, I mean, if they lose a, a Baji, that would be a loss. If they lost Wilson, I mean, who was one of their best offensive players last year, that would be a loss too. So I think... They'll try to have those guys, and if they don't, um, they will move on from there. But Tanner Groves is the guy I was trying to figure out. I don't know where Rogers is from. Tanner Rogers Uh, That doesn't make any sense. But, but yeah, uh, kind of their own version of Tanner Groves with Cam Martin. But uh, for Kansas, I I think they're a top-ten team regardless. I think they're probably going to be a top-five team pretty close to that regardless. But uh, if they can add a guy, great. But right now, Bill Self, the way he's packed the roster, I think they're in pretty good shape regardless of what happens over the course of the rest of the, the recruiting season.
2: Jesse Newell, Kansas City Star, with us here for another minute or two on Rock Chuck Sports Talk. You know, I wonder this, though, because if we look at Bryce Thompson as sort of a byproduct of going after all these guys and a byproduct of maybe this sort of changing of the guards and how college basketball is working, if you were to say that Kansas is going to go out and finish the offseason to steal a line from Bill Self earlier this year, if you had the storybook ending to the offseason and get all the guys that you want, Would you almost expect there to be another departure of a guy who maybe today is saying, I could play a significant role on this team to all of a sudden a month from now saying, wait a minute, where are my minutes going to come from?
3: Um, I don't know. I guess it's possible. Um, It's just... Because there's a line, right,
2: Jesse? Like There's a line of how many guys... I've talked about this a lot this week, but there's like a threshold of how many guys you can have on the roster who are expecting to play significant roles.
3: Yeah, and that's and that's a problem sometimes. You know, and, and Bill's done such a good job in the past of his best teams where everybody fits their roles. And you've seen this in studies done, and, and I've done some studies as well. Usually the best teams in the by tournament, to be completely honest with you, are the teams that have not much bench. You know, they're the teams that everybody sells into their role and you don't need a bunch of guys playing. And even last year, before last year, I remember Bill Self was talking about tinkering with pressing and um, how are they going to do five-on-five five substitutions? What are they going to do to get all these guys in? And then that never really materialized. Again, Tyler Grant Foster didn't turn out the way they thought. And Tristan Arun didn't turn out the way they thought. And all of a sudden, you know, Bryce Thompson didn't. And, and they didn't have as many players as, as they figured to start with. So, yeah, there can be sort of a danger, I think, in the offseason to have this exercise of just, I say this a lot. You don't need 13 scholarship players to play college basketball. You know, five guys go on the court, and this would even be 14 because Mitch Lightfoot's coming back. His scholarship doesn't count. So it's sort of the point I was trying to make earlier, that even if KU loses Ota Hibaji and Jalen Wilson or one of the two, they're probably still projected top five because Bill Self's already done a lot of work this offseason. They already have sort of over-recruited over-the-top of players to the point where I don't think there needs to be this freak out from fans to say, well, who are you going to add now? Well, they've already added so many guys that, that backups have become backups to backups. You know what I mean? So I'm with you, Nick, to an extent where with roster construction, there's a certain point where it can seem like overkill, but at least I would say for Bill self standpoint, they put themselves in a position where if they lose those guys to the NBA draft, they're still in a spot where they're going to be a top 15 team or potentially a top 10 team. So it's a weird spot to be in, and coaches sort of have to cover themselves, but yet yeah, there probably is a moment where it, it seems like too much and where you're just kind of over-recruiting to over-recruit, and so Kansas is, is kind of walking a fine line there, and that's sort of been this off season. so we'll see how it finishes off, but at this point, like I said before, I don't think I'm worried about Kansas too much about if they don't get another guy, because I think they've already packed this roster to the point where there's a lot of guys who should be able to play this.
2: He's Jesse Newell. You can check out his work in the Kansas City Star at KansasCity.com. Always appreciate it, Jesse. Thank you, man. All right. Thanks, Nick. All right. Day number three of RCST Trivia, and we have got a doozy of a matchup here for you in the first showdown of the day, and that is because, well, it's a 116 matchup. You don't expect 16 seeds to win. Who knows, though? RCST Trivia proving to be more volatile than even the NCAA tournament. We have got The first appearance here in 2021 of our defending champ from a season ago, the one seed in the Midwest region, the wonderkind Isaac Henderson, back ready to defend his title. Isaac, how you feeling, man? You got to have more pressure on you than anybody else in this competition.
4: Yeah, definitely. It's uh, definitely a different mindset from last year. You kind of go in, you know. Uh, nobody's really heard of anybody no expectation once you win it it's kind of championship or bust pretty much every year after that
2: isaac why don't you sort of explain to to us and and to all the listeners how your life has been affected and changed by winning rcsd trivia what's different about you over the last year
4: well i got i got i got quite a bigger tv um (laughs) it's you know the notoriety i mean like no joke, people have seen me in public and been like, hey, you won RCST trivia. Like, I'm not kidding, that has happened. Wow. But yeah, I think it's it was great. You know, it's definitely something we celebrated last year because it's it's a gauntlet to win six in a row, so.
2: Well, let's see if you can uh, navigate your way through the gauntlet yet again. You got uh, an admirable opponent here, the 16th seed in the Midwest region. Dylan Sherwood and Dylan was a last minute addition. We had somebody else drop out. It's not a it's not a desirable spot to be taken on the defending champ in the first round, especially for a newcomer, but Dylan that's exactly the matchup that you have drawn. So, what's your sort of outlook here? Not just making your debut, but going up against the
5: defending champ. I I wanted to take a chance and if it was against Isaac I I'm, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna give them all all I can give him. so how familiar
2: are you with with Isaac? have you heard him? Did you hear him last year and uh, how familiar are you with just uh, RCST trivia in general? Uh,
5: very very familiar. Uh, you know I you know I listened to his run last year and you know just kind of went back in, on Spotify and see you know how he kind of did things last year just to kind of refresh uh, my memory of of him. Wow, lurking in the shadows. We could be in store for a classic battle here, the
2: 116 matchup in the Midwest. Before we get going, guys, I'm gonna go over some rules. I'm sure you guys are familiar with them by now, but we're gonna be asking you guys a series of questions alternating back and forth until one of you guys answers correctly, the other one answers incorrectly, at which point we will have our winner who will advance on to the next round. The questions will get progressively more difficult as you guys advance through them. Uh, we do have a 30-second timer. This year, we'll give you a five-second warning which will sound something like this. Just get your answer off before you hear that timer ring there. And if you don't answer before you hear that sound, automatically counting it as incorrect. Isaac, Dylan, do you have any questions for me before we get going?
5: Let's rock and roll.
2: All right, let's rock and roll. And Dylan, you are the 16 seed, so you have the option of answering first or second. Which would you like? I'll
5: go first.
2: All right, so the first question, Dylan, is for you. Dylan, how many teams does the Big 12 have? 10. That is correct, the Big 12 with 10 teams. Okay, Isaac, now your first question. Name a team in the Big 12 other than Kansas. Uh,
4: We'll go with Oklahoma.
2: Oklahoma is correct. You had many options there. Oklahoma, one of them. All right. Moving on to the next round of questioning. Dylan, here is your second question. This season, Kansas played one more home game after senior night against Baylor. They did so against a non-conference opponent in the state of Texas. They almost lost that game. Who did they play? UTEP. UTEP is correct. That's right. On the ropes against... Texas, El Paso. Okay, your next question. Isaac, after an opening loss to Gonzaga, KU bounced back with a win in their second game. Christian Brown went for 30 points in that game. What Atlantic 10 school, formerly coached by Phil Martelli, did KU beat? St. Joe's. That is right. St. Joe's, St. Joseph's is correct. All right, two for two for both you guys. Now we're going to move on. Things are going to get just a little bit more difficult here in the third round. Dylan, we'll go back to you now. This KU guard scored 39 points in Ames to get a road win at Iowa State in 2013. What's his name? Elijah Johnson. That is correct. Elijah, senior year, scored 39 points. Almost got Bill Self punched by uh, Melvin Weatherwax. That may be another trivia question coming up later. All right. Your next question, Isaac. In a home game against Iowa State that same year in 2013, KU needed a buzzer beater three that banked in to force overtime. Which Kansas player made that shot? Ben
4: McLemore.
2: That is correct. Ben McLemore. I believe that was on Ben's birthday. Okay, you guys are knocking these down. So now these questions going to get a bit more difficult and dylan we're going back to you for your fourth question i love it we're getting started off with a good one here today all right dylan what team prevented the 1958 kansas team from making the ncaa tournament in wilt chamberlain's final year with the jayhawks
5: I'm just going to take a wild guess. I'm going to say Missouri. That's
2: a good guess. Uh, It is another Kansas rival. Oh. Kansas State. Mm. The correct answer. Okay, Isaac, if you can answer this correctly, you're going to be moving on to the next round. Kansas State's star player that season averaged 20 points and 10 rebounds per game. He was a consensus first team All-American. Legend has it actually that Wilt Chamberlain slept with the girlfriend of that Kansas State player. Who was that player for Kansas State in 1958?
4: The only one from the brain is Bob Boozer. So we'll say that one.
2: That is correct. Bob Boozer two-time first team all-american wow the recall 1958 and isaac moving on to the second round was that a wild was that a shot in the dark
4: it's i So i've been in their arena a couple times they only have a few jerseys up in the rafters and you know i knew a couple of them were from like the 80s 70s but i i knew booze i think he was first overall pick way back in the day so that was the only name that was ringing a bell, but I would not have gotten his question right. So luckily I was going second.
2: That's incredible. That's incredible. It's like, uh, what's that? um, Slumdog Millionaire, just recalling these tiny moments in your life that are all leading up to to this moment. Dylan, you were pretty close. I mean, Missouri, not the worst guest in the world. It was Kansas State. At the time, the only way to get into the NCAA tournament was to win your conference. And K-State won the conference that year. Moved on. It was a difficult one, but you got to the fourth round against uh, the defending champ. How are you feeling about your performance, Dylan?
5: I, I I think I did pretty solid. I wouldn't have known that his question either. And, you know, I just took a wild guess and on that fourth one. But, uh, you know, I gave Isaac a run for his money and, you know, props to him for knowing that one. And, you know, the the destiny of Isaac on RCST trivia is just awesome. And, uh, you know, he's going to go far in and, and hopefully he, he, he doesn't have uh more suck at Scott chase and stuff because Scott's <laughs> a good friend of mine.
2: Hey, Scott's a good friend of the show and, uh, you know, certainly made his mark, but Dylan, I love the sportsmanship. You gave it a great effort in your first run. And no, you know, if you, if you weren't going up against Isaac, there's a good chance. I think, uh, you'd be maybe be moving on to, uh, to the second round, but Luck of the draw, part of the deal. Isaac, Dylan, thank you guys so much. Uh, Great matchup to get this day started. So we appreciate you guys. Quick shout-out to all of our sponsors, RCST Trivia, 23rd Street Brewery, Sporting Kansas City, Pella Windows, Toppling Goliath, CBD of Lawrence, River Rat, Print and Skate, Jayhawk Trophy, Hawaiian Bros, and the Lawrence Public Library. Our first matchup today brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, open for dine-in, carry-out and catering, outdoor patio. Is a great spot to enjoy the warm weather. Try the Bill Self mac and cheese, the Haney Turkey Stack, or any of the great menu items. And don't forget about the 23rd Street Brewery's beer, which you can get to go as well with their Crowlers. All right, matchup number two here in RCST Trivia. It's the 8-9 matchup in the Midwest region. We just heard the one sixteen matchup. Isaac, the defending champ, takes down a very admirable opponent, the 16-seed Dylan, in the first round. So the winner of this matchup, it's the luxury of taking on the defending champ. Let's find out if we've got some worthy adversaries in the 8-9 game here. Aaron taking on Jim. Aaron, what's going on, man?
4: Hey, Nick. What's going on? Good to be on.
2: Good to have you. Uh, what's your? Uh, how would you describe your expertise level when it comes to KU basketball
4: knowledge? Mm, it's so-so. I'm more of a football fan, which is a really depressing lifestyle to live, but <laughs> I do still love KU basketball, so...
2: You're a part of the uh, the one percenters, the one percent of KU fans who associate more directly with football (laughs) than basketball. But you know what? Uh, We appreciate that. And we appreciate you being a part of this. Let's find out. But you're going to be taking on the ninth seed in the Midwest region. Jim Shearer with us now, Jim, what's going on, dude? Not a whole lot. Nick, How are you? Doing very well. We're uh, happy to have you on. Are you, uh, like Aaron, are you uh, a KU football junkie, or would you say you're, uh, your allegiance is lie more with the basketball side of things?
0: Uh, I'm a junkie for both, to be p- perfectly honest.
2: Okay, and uh, how would you sort of rate yourself when it comes to KU knowledge?
0: Um, you know, pretty good. I've been kind of quizzing myself a little bit to kind of get refreshed, uh, you know, from, from when I was there, so for post since
1: I was there.
2: Okay, well, let's find out who's going to be moving on to the second round to take on Isaac Henderson. All right, guys, before we get going, I'll go over some rules. I'm going to be asking you guys a series of questions. We'll alternate back and forth until one of you guys gets it right and one of you guys answers it wrong, at which point we will have our winner of the matchup. As you guys answer questions correctly, we will move on to the next tier of difficulty. The questions are going to get progressively more and more difficult as you make your way Through the rounds. If you guys both answer incorrectly, we'll just go back and ask you another series of questions from that level. If you answer the question right, you're going to hear this. If you answer the question wrong, you're going to hear this. Mm. We'll give you a five-second warning. You have 30 seconds to answer, but we will give you a five-second warning that sounds like this. You just need to make sure you start your answer before you hear that bell. If that bell sounds before you've started, your answer is incorrect as you have run out of time. Before we get going, Aaron, Jim, you guys have any questions for me? No, let's go. All right, Jim, technically as the nine seed, you are the underdog. So we will give you the option of answering first or second. Which would you like?
0: I'm going to go second.
2: Okay, so Aaron, that means the first question in this matchup is for you. And here it is. Aaron, what was the name given to the 1988 Kansas National Championship team? Danny and the Miracles. Danny and the Miracles is correct. Okay, Jim, now your first question. I want you to name me either the Kansas coach in the 1988 season in which they won the title or the coach who replaced him the next year.
0: Uh, Larry Brown, 1988.
2: That is correct. Larry Brown was the coach in 88. Roy Williams was the coach who replaced him the next year in 1989. Okay, now let's move on. The next set of questions, and this one is going back to you, Aaron. What was the name of the star freshman forward on Syracuse who defeated Kansas in the 2003 NCAA championship and would go on to be the third overall pick in the NBA draft? Carmelo Anthony. That is correct. Carmelo Anthony. 21 years ago, the Sports Illustrated cover came out with Carmelo Anthony driving past Keith Langford. I feel very targeted. Okay. Jim, we're going back to you now. Your next question. What was the name of the star freshman center on Kentucky who defeated Kansas in the 2012 NCAA championship and will go on to be the first overall pick in the NBA draft?
3: Anthony Davis.
2: That is correct. Anthony Davis in 2012, Kentucky, winning the title coached by John Calipari. All right, two for two. Aaron, question number three. KU went one for 14 from three, but still defeated this team in the Sweet 16 of the 2012 NCAA tournament. Sweet 16, 2012. Was that NC State? That was NC State. He pulls it out, looks up to the sky. There we go, pulling it out. Love it. That's a buzzer beater right there. All right, NC State, correct. All right. Is
0: he frozen Uh, frozen. for you guys too?
2: Yeah,
0: he's frozen. All right, here, let me ask the question then. (laughs) This is to you, Jim. Two rounds earlier in that same 2012 NCAA tournament, What 15 seed led by second round pick Ray McCallum named after the city they're in. Did KU take down? Uh, UC Davis. Mm. Ah, Sorry about that. The answer was Detroit, Detroit University. Ray McCallum was the star player drafted in the second round. His father, I believe, was actually the coach of that team. So a tough end for you, Jim. This is your first appearance in RCST trivia. What do you think? Was it a little more stressful than you thought coming into it once you have that timer applied to things? You know, but the, uh, the the turning runs I was my biggest concern just because I, uh, you know, I've, I've watched so many of them, they kind of all kind of run together anymore, so. <laughs> well, that's always tough when it's uh, that first round game. Yeah. Part of me yeah. feels like it was just yesterday, but also that was nine years ago, which
4: is crazy to think about.
0: Aaron, would you have known the answer there to Jim's question?
4: I did not. No, I would have guessed uh, Austin P, which I think that was maybe a year or two before or after. I think that was yeah, 2016 I did not
0: know that. or 2017. Jim, did you know Aaron's question? Oh,
1: okay. Uh,
4: yes, I
0: did, actually. <laughs> That's always unfortunate with the luck of the draw. You never know yeah. what you're going to know, what you're not going to know. Well, thank you to both of you guys for joining yeah. RCST Trivia. Jim, we hope we get you back next year. Aaron, you're moving on to the second round.
2: Thanks for joining all right. Thanks a lot, right, guys. RCST Trivia brought to you by Toppling Goliath with a brewery and taproom located in Decorah, Iowa. Toppling Goliath features 10 of the top 250 beers in the world, according to Beer Advocate. That also includes three of the top 10, three of the top 10 world beers and six of the top 100. If you're not going to be making it up to Decorah anytime soon, don't worry. You can order Toppling Goliath apparel and beer at TGBrews.com.
0: Could your business use a little push right now? Need help getting the word out there that you're hiring? Do you just want to let people know how great of a product you have? Well, you can advertise with Rock Chalk Sports Talk and or the Best of RCST podcast. For more information, contact djohnson at gpmnow.com. That's
2: djohnson at gpmnow.com. RCST Trivia is brought to you by Sporting Kansas City. MLS is back after finishing at the top of the Western Conference last season, Sporting Kansas City is ready to take the field and paint the wall this year. And if you haven't heard, Sporting Kansas City will be welcoming a limited capacity crowd again this season. To watch Sporting Kansas City live and in person this year, go to seatgeek.com slash SKC. And because you're a listener of Rock Chalk Sports Talk, use the code SKCRCST at checkout to get an exclusive discount on tickets. Again, use the code SKC rcst at checkout and receive an exclusive discount for our listeners at checkout we'll see you at children's mercy park all right final matchup of the day and we're sticking in the midwest region here for rcst trivia the 5-12 matchup between kyle and drew let's meet the competitors for this next matchup first up the five seed in the midwest kyle coffee with us once again kyle what's happening man
1: Hello, how's it going? It's good to see you guys from uh, Wichita today. So uh, it'll be a a fun time. I'm glad uh, to do this again. Had a a good first round last time and not a good second round the uh, last year. So uh, looking forward to um, seeing what I can do.
2: Do you feel like your experience from last year uh, is going
1: to assist you this time around? I hope so I kind of ran into a buzzsaw I think I don't remember who it was that knocked me out last year I think they kind of went pretty far so we'll see I hope I'm hoping for the best but you never know it's all about the questions and the matchup and just kind of how it goes from there
2: speaking of matchups let's uh let's get to know your matchup for today he's a 12 seed in the midwest Drew Linhart joins us now Drew what's going
5: on how are you feeling here ahead of this matchup and I'm feeling pretty good I'm hoping to Uh, put on for the out-of-town people or out-of-state people and uh, get a victory today. Where are
2: you coming to us from today, Drew?
5: Uh, Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. Okay, so what's your connection to KU? Grew up in Wichita, so grew up a Jayhawk fan and then moved down here a few years ago.
2: Okay, so we got one contestant coming to us live from Wichita. We got another contestant coming to us from Oklahoma City by way of Wichita. So here we go, a couple of out-of-towners duking it out. Trying to make it on to the second round of RCST trivia. Guys, you know how it works. I'm gonna ask you a series of questions going back and forth until one of you guys answers right, one of you guys answers wrong. The questions will get progressively more difficult as you advance throughout the rounds. If you answer correctly, we move on to the next round. If you answer incorrectly, both of you answer incorrectly, that is, we'll ask you another set of questions. From that round, you do have a 30 second time limit, which starts as soon as I get done asking the question. We will give you a five second warning. When you hear this, that means you got five seconds left. All you gotta do is give us that answer before you hear this bell ring. The bell rings and you haven't started your answer, you're out of time. And uh, we're gonna automatically count that as incorrect. Kyle, Drew, do you have any questions for me before we get this underway?
1: No, sir, let's get going. All right,
2: Drew, you are the 12 seed. So I'll give you the option of answering first or second.
1: I will answer second.
2: Okay, so that means Kyle, the first question, is for you, and here it is. Kyle, before using hoops, James Naismith originally had what type of fruit basket as the hoop? Peach. That is correct, peach baskets. Back in, uh, what was that, 18-something. Drew, your first question. Finished this line. Pay heed all who enter. Beware of the blank. Fog. Fog is correct. All right, one for one. Moving on now. No more layups, boys. Okay. Your next question, Kyle. KU lost just one home game this past season, and it came in an 84-59 route. Who was it against? Texas. <laughs> For everybody listening online, Drew's giving us the horns down. That's right. We want to forget that game. It was uh it was an ugly one. Texas taking care of Kansas in Allen Fieldhouse. All right, Drew, your next question. What team did Kansas lose to this past season by a score of 80 to 61 in the Big Twelve SEC showdown back on January 30th? Tennessee. That is right. All right, we've got some uh Some bad memory questions here, but you guys knocked those (laughs) out. So we'll continue now to question number three for you, Kyle. Which player owns the KU freshman record for rebounds per game?
1: Man. Man. Oh man, that's a tough one. Um, um, Marquise Morris. Uh, that is
2: incorrect. So that means Drew. If you can answer this correctly, you're moving on. The correct answer was Joel Embiid with 8.1 rebounds per game. on the second one 2014 all right drew you answer this correctly you're moving on to the next round perfect drew andrew wiggins holds the ku record for most points in one season by a freshman with 597 whose record did he break
5: Just take a shot in the dark here and go Nick Collison.
2: That is incorrect. The correct answer was Ben McLemore the year before with 589. Uh Nick Collison is 14th on the list. Okay, so both you guys still alive. Take a deep breath. You guys both still have everything out in front of you. And Kyle. Get a new lease on life, okay? Oh, yeah. Going back to you here for your next question. Kyle, what KU player had his shot blocked from three with a chance to tie the game late in the 2003 National Championship? Mike Lee. That is correct. Michael Lee. Drew, back to you. Who blocked Michael Lee's shot for Syracuse in the 2003 National Championship?
5: Carmelo Anthony?
1: Mm.
2: That is incorrect. The correct answer, Drew. Hakeem Warwick Ah. blocked Michael Lee's shot in the 2003 National Championship. And Kyle, that means you win this matchup and you are moving on to the second round for the second straight year. You you were almost okay. dead in the water there, man.
1: <laughs> man, it, it, it's on? it's it is a nerve wracking going first, uh, especially when you miss. You are hanging on by the by the thread of your uh, skin, so it's it's definitely tough. But glad to move on. That was a that was a tough third question there for both of us. It was a pretty difficult one, but uh, glad glad I was able to move on.
2: Now, Drew, you, you had him. You had the kill shot right in front of you. you weren't able to get that first one. And then uh, Carmelo Anthony, certainly the the most, most memorable player from that, that Syracuse game. How you feeling here in the immediate aftermath?
5: Man, I don't feel too bad. The guy got his winning question right before you could finish the question. So <laughs> I was obviously up against a stacked deck.
2: Well, you, you, you gave it a great effort, man, and uh, we appreciate you being a part of RCST Trivia. Drew, thank you so much. Kyle, thank you as well, and uh, congratulations. We'll be talking to you in the second round.
1: Appreciate it, fellas. Good luck, Kyle.
2: RCST Trivia is brought to you by Pella Windows. Pella, product of Kansas, is your one-stop shop for all your window and door needs. Pella offers everything from turnkey window and door replacements to experts in the field that can work with your contractor and find the perfect solution for that project to make your house feel like a home. Whether you're building a home, taking on a remodeling project, or simply want the best replacement solution, Pella Windows has all your answers. Stop by the newly remodeled showroom on the northwest corner of 6th and Wakarusa or call 785-749-4808. Don't hesitate. Appointments are filling up fast.